Hello and welcome, friends, to this week's edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg. We're trying to be as festive as we can here on Forward Radio on this week, uh, this very festive week. But we've got some serious issues to address today that are unfortunately kind of ruining our holidays. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before I dive into that, uh, I want to encourage you all to get involved in Forward Radio. It is the season of giving, and we rely entirely on you, the listeners, to support us and keep us on air. We can't possibly do this without you so you can go to forwardradio.org click on donate and put a little something in the stocking how about that for forward radio this week uh, you can also click participate and volunteer with the station i'm a volunteer everyone you hear on the station is volunteering their time and we would love it if you wanted to produce a program with us or help us behind the scenes you can do all of that at forwardradio.org it's also the season of sharing great content so go to forwardradio.org and share out some of the podcast versions of our programs you'll find archived right there at forward radio.org and spread the word about what's going on in our community that's what we're going to do today here on sustainability now i've filled both the virtual and the real studio with a bunch of community members who are going to be doing part one of a two-part series you want to tune in again next week we're going to be addressing the crisis of the lg&e bullet county pipeline that is putting bernheim arboretum and research forest and adjacent farmlands under threat and uh, that is going to be the topic of our two-part series here on Sustainability Now. We're going to kick it off this week with a focus on the direct impact on Bernheim, habitats, the Cedar Grove corridor where this pipeline is proposed for, the conservation easement and the threat to it, and the impacts on surrounding landowners. Next week's show, you want to tune in, though, because we're, then we're going to talk about some broader issues of the pipeline and how it relates to the greatest crisis facing humanity, climate change. Uh, so tune in again next week. But this week, I'm proud to have in the studio with me uh, Deborah Potts Novgorodov, who is part of a broad coalition of Kentucky environmental groups that is working to stop LG Genie's Bullet County Pipeline, and you can learn more about them at SaveBernheimNow.org. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you Thank for you. joining us and for organizing all this. This is amazing. Really <laughs> glad to be here. Yes. Thank you. I've also got in the virtual studio with me Kimberly Brown. She's an adjacent landowner and a Generational Farm family member impacted by the pipeline proposal. Welcome. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you, Justin, and thank you for having me back to your show. I should mention, if you want to hear some history, this has been happening for a while. We've got some shows in the archives about this as well, but we're going to give you the up-to-the-minute uh, information this week. And also joining me again in the studio is Mark Warms, Executive Director of Bernheim. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you very much. It's very uh, honor to be here. Great to have you here. Again, you can learn more about this issue at Bernheim's website at bernheim.org slash forest under three. Brett. The reason I've called you all here today is that uh, Bernheim is being taken to court uh, to condemn their property in order to construct a high-pressure natural gas transmission pipeline, and the court date is coming up on January 10th. So now is the time when a lot of people are rallying, right, Deborah? People are coming together saying this is a critical moment for us to express our concern about this about this entire project and its effect on Bernheim, right? Indeed, yeah. I... I just learned uh, about the court date in October okay. when I heard Andrew Berry, the director of conservation at Bernheim, speak about, uh, actually he spoke to the Beckenberg Club. Uh -huh. And yeah. just a little part of his presentation, he mentioned that the court date was going to be happening. Yeah. Um, so 
shall I go on and tell you how I got involved? Well, I, I, I'm part of the um, PPL Shareholders uh, Energy Democracy Group. And, and PPL is? It's, PPL is LG&E KU's parent company right. uh, out of Pennsylvania. Right. Um, it's actually a multinational, isn't it? Uh, I think they've recently sold uh, off I their... Think- International. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, they yeah, were. Yeah. I don't follow them. They were. <laughs> uh, the, and, and bought more national. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But it's a big monster corporation. It is a large <laughs> company. We think of LG&E as our local Right, uh, right. Company. Little mom and pop utility. Not so much. But the point of this group is to keep an eye on LG&E and try to hold them responsible for some of the things that they've been doing and not doing. Um, so the PPL group, we got together, we wrote a letter. It was in researching that letter that I realized the sort of dire situation that wow. Bernheim is facing. And um, wow. so took off from there. And so, so let's be, let's, let's explain it in full. You're a shareholder in this company, and your reason you're a shareholder is because you want to help influence what's going on, right? Absolutely, yeah. The, you know, watching LG&E, they've continued to uh, really double down on fossil fuels, and this pipeline is one example right. of that. So we wrote a letter asking them to back off, back out of this yeah. uh, court case, which, of course— Frankly, they didn't respond to. Um, but, uh, you know, we tried. I FedExed yeah. it. Okay, okay. And uh, both both to Vince Sorge and to John Crockett here at LG&E. And, Very good. Um, uh, sent that letter about all the reasons that they should not put this pipeline in Bernheim, which right. uh, I'll let Mark speak to since he's really the expert on that. But Well, um, absolutely. And, uh, again, I mean— <laughs> There's, there's two ways that this is dangerous. There's sort of a, a short-term immediate danger to Bernheim, residents near the pipeline, right? Landowners near the pipeline. But then there's the longer-term danger of investing more in fossil fuels. And we could talk a little bit about that today, but certainly that's going to be the focus of our conversation on next week's program. So, uh, Mark, I wonder if you could speak specifically to those sort of immediate dangers, what does this potential pipeline mean for Bernheim and surrounding landowners? Well, you know, Justin, you're absolutely right. This idea that this is bigger than Bernheim is fundamental. Mm. Um, It's bigger than Bernheim because we're about big issues of environment, of sustainability, of having a a clean earth for future generations. Um, So that's that's really uh, fundamental to this whole entire uh, issue. Um, Immediately what it says is that LG&E wants to break landowners' rights and take their land, including... By eminent domain, this thing called eminent domain, which I guess utilities and governments are allowed to do legally, but there are sticky issues here, right? Yeah, yeah, it's questionable. (laughs) And so there's there's landowner rights issues right there. There's also this idea um, that this pipeline will come through and clear a path a 12-mile path across Bullitt County. Wow. And that path is forever in LG&E's hands and under their management. So we cannot regrow that forest. We cannot 
have put in a lot of diverse habitat in there. And so that's under their control forever. Um, The third is, of course, that um, in this pipeline path, there are uh, dangerous slopes. There is karst topography. There is geologic concern, geological concern uh, that this is going to be unstable. And we can speak to that some more later. But that means that there's risk. This pipeline has a higher risk of failure mm-hmm. than it might across some other areas. Mm-hmm. The, the fourth is that this pipeline will destroy incredibly important habitat to some endangered species. And those include three bat species and two snails um, that are really very rare and only found in a handful of places. Mm. Um, And then, of course, a lot of other creatures. Mm. And so there's endangered species that we're losing habitat for. And then finally, of course, it's that story about why are we going in the wrong direction on climate change here? LGE has a chance to be a local and national leader um, to look at what kind of energy they produce, to how they uh, deliver that energy to their customers, um, to this idea of transitioning to a carbon-free economy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they are accountable to no one. Mm. Um, the rules and regulations are built in their favor. The, the checkpoints are very minimal uh, throughout the state and, um, and the systems. And so they're doing business as usual, even though it's going to pi- pump hydrocarbons for the next 70 years. Yeah, that's absolutely frightening. Uh, but Kimberly, I want to I turn to you and, and get a, our finger on the pulse. What's the mood now of you and your neighbors? This fight has been going on for a while now, but it seems like it's coming to head anyway on January 10th in a way. Um, but share with us some of the mood there in your neighborhood, basically, where this pipeline is being proposed. Uh, Justin, we have been fighting this tirelessly since 2017, as you know. Wow. Um, Yeah. And I would say that our mood um, is extremely optimistic. And I will tell you why. Really? Yes. Okay. First surprise of the day. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Deborah can talk a little bit bit about this, but... Through the our group, um, Kentuckians for Energy Demo- or PPL shareholders for Energy Democracy, it it started off a small group of just I think Deborah was there three or four of us, right, right, and that group has now grown. I think we have forty members. Wow! And when I tell you that the 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 membership is so incredibly diverse, and I will let Deborah talk about this, but very recently. We managed to pull a lot of people together, um, and Deborah deserves the, much of the credit for this. But at All Peoples, we had a huge rally. And I will tell you that for the people of Bullock County, it was absolutely incredible to look out into that chapel knowing that that chapel holds 250 people. Wow. And seeing it full, Justin. Wow. And then on social media, on, on Facebook, um, and Zoom, and you know, it was Facebook Live, and and on Zoom, I think there were another thirty-four people. Yeah, and it, it was it was just amazing to see all people come together, and the program was so incredibly moving. The speakers were incredible. Um, Mark Worms spoke. 
Um, Deborah, run through the laundry list of, of every of the, of the people that spoke on behalf of Bernheim and landowners. Well, we were really graced by the presence of Cantor Lip uh, from AJ um, and uh, Synagogue and um, uh, Rabbi Rapport from the Temple. Um, we had Mark and Andrew Berry from Bernheim. Um, Reverend Elisa Owens spoke. And she'll be a guest on the program next week, so Great. stay tuned right. for, for that. Yeah. yeah, and she's executive director of Kipple and so wise about is issues of climate change. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dr. Rob Kingsolver, yes. uh, who's environmental Bellarmine. professor of uh, Bellarmine, now retired, um, but he spoke. And Kenyatta Johnson, who yeah. is a member member of KSEC, the Kentucky Student Environmental Coalition. Um, and then finally, we wrapped up with all people's minister, Reverend Bruce Beisner, yeah. who left us all feeling, <laughs> yeah, go, go get them, guys. <laughs> so, and if you, oh, didn't, yeah. if you didn't catch that, uh, we will put a link to uh, the video version of that in the show notes for this program. But we also produced a, a Truth to Power program with some of the highlights from that event last week. So uh, you can find and, more and information at forward. Like that. We have Sisters of Loretto there as well. Oh, Sisters of Loretto yeah. were there. Yeah, oh, wow. They're very supportive. Um, and also the te teachers. We've, we've got so many teachers now that are, really? that are, yes, that are trying to help the, the movement save Bernheim now. Wow. So okay. I, I, so we're, we're optimistic, Justin. We're Good. Optimistic. Good. Yeah. That's what this show's supposed to be about, <laughs> focusing on the positive and how we can make sustainability a reality now. And I think in part, assuming we achieve some success here, part of the story is the power of people coming together. And I suppose... There's value to that even if we fail to some degree, right, Mark? I mean, you must feel buoyed by the community. Oh, it, it's so important. I can tell you that, you know, we're eternal optimists, but even we get tired. Yeah, and exactly. To, to experience a, a, a group of people with such passion, such knowledge, yeah. such care, really, really did a, a wonders for, for everybody at Bernheim and, and for everyone who cares about this issue. Yeah. And so those kinds of public interactions yeah. and demonstrations that are going on, they speak wonders to, to the power of voice. And that really is something. And, you know, this is not over. As it was said earlier, this is a court case. Right. And and even if they if this goes against us and it's ruled that LG and &E can take our land, there's still steps that are going on and there's still actions out there that still can uh, stop this pipeline. Uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, um, Army Corps of Engineers are looking at their biological survey techniques based upon a, a threatened lawsuit by the Center of Biological Diversity. And the neat part there is. That already has changed the game, not just here in this case and in Kentucky, but across the nation, because that put those two organizations, those two big departments on call that they have to do a better job surveying endangered mm. species in all of these kinds of construction issues. Mm. And so that's so they, gonna help species everywhere. So they did surveys and didn't find the bats and the snails? Well, it's not that simple. They, okay. they, <laughs> they know they're there. They did a, well, they well, did a cursory they? survey. They being fish and wildlife? They being fish and wildlife, yes. 
and um, and ruled that there would be not significant impact ah, upon the population. Okay. okay. And you know, it's been called to question as to whether that survey was adequate and whether the Army Corps of Engineers did their review of streams and springs properly. Right. And so whether they can rule that waters will not be affected significantly by this project when it'll affect 39 stream crossings throughout this route. Um, so there's a number of things there that, that you you say, wait, already this has a positive impact out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and secondly, coming back to voice, this issue has elevated these concerns about clean air, clean water, the way we deliver energy, the way we get energy. Um, what are we doing about sustainability? Yeah. Um, that, that elevation means that Kentucky is going to do better into the future. Yeah. And, and finally, it also put LG&E on notice. Um, they came out with a sustainability plan that was absolutely a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's been revealed that, oh, my gosh, they forgot to mention two uh, natural gas powered fire, you know, uh, fired power plants that they were going to build. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, and that's just a shame. The, the real shame is that that really didn't change their standing in the community. It didn't change their standing in the economics of, of, mm. the, uh, mm. uh, of their financing. Um, they are a monopoly. Right. That they can act with impunity. Answers yeah. to no one. Yeah. yeah. My guests today here on Sustainability Now are Mark Worms, you just heard from, Executive Director of Bernheim Arboretum and Research Forest. Kimberly Brown's in the virtual studio with us. She's an adjacent landowner. And Deborah Potts Novgorodov is here. She's part of this broad coalition that's trying to save Bernheim from the pipeline. And you can learn more about them at savebernheimnow.org. Uh, so tell us about the corridor that this pipeline is supposed to go through it's not exactly a part of the park that's generally open to the public so i think a lot of people kind of aren't familiar with it but it's a really vital wildlife corridor right it is and it's becoming more important every day and the reason it's becoming more important every day is because land use change is going on at such a rapid pace Hmm. if you drive down i-65 now into bullet county you will see big box distribution centers sprouting up like mushrooms. They are just everywhere. And that is going to continue. Whiskey warehouses sprouting up like mushrooms. That's going to continue. Now, let me be clear. Bernheim is not against development. We're not against the economics of a vibrant community. What we wanted to do, though, is be sustainably built, sustainably planned. We want it to be um, an economy based upon future generations, not just the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's something that, that I hope people understand. A vibrant economy in the future is one that's going to be sustainable uh, through energy. It's going to be sustainable for uh, people. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to be sustainable for our next generations as far as health and clean air, clean water and all of that and beauty and wildlife. Yeah. Mark, I I think it's really important that it's time for people of concern to, to not just say, Oh, 
We're not opposed to development. We actually are opposed to certain kinds of development, <laughs> right? Like, not all development is good. It's That's not good black point. and white. This yeah. is like the whole defund the police. It's like I'm, hardly anybody thinks we shouldn't have no police at all. It's just how the police behave, Correct. right? And how Correct. much money we invest in these unsustainable, socially unjust things. That needs to stop. And that's what the coalition is calling for, right? A more sensible development. And Kimberly, I wonder if you could speak to this as a resident of the region, the, 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 what you're seeing in terms of developments there and what, what sort of opinions are of neighbors there. Well, again, the, the um, farmers, generational farm families, we are not opposed to development in any way, shape or form either. Um, we just want to see a comprehensive plan, right? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> just something that something that makes some sense, you know. Right. For, for us, Justin, uh, you know, I started off definitely not in my backyard, right? Mm. Um, I really don't know that I could have talked intelligently about fossil fuels or climate change eight years ago, right? But right. in the course of taking the stance, you know, being a not in my backyard, over the course of this. Um, I have learned, I don't want this in anyone's backyard. Right, right. Right. And, you know, part of, part of the real issue when you really dive down into the nitty gritty of what lg &E has done is they walked out to a poor rural farming community and said, you know what, we're going to run a pipeline and we really aren't going to consider much of anything other than what this pipeline is going to do for the investors of PPL, right? Mm, right. So they really didn't take into consideration um, what it was going to do to the environment. They didn't take into consideration the very real um, possibility of water contamination. Yeah. They also definitely did not consider the terrain. Yeah. Um, we have, as as Mark mentioned briefly, we have some some very um, challenging terrain. We have some very very steep slopes, mm -hmm. right? We have known landslides. Um, there's one right in between myself and Bernheim. We also have just, our land is riddled with sinkholes, right? Mm -hmm. Now these sinkholes are are wonderful in, in, in the sense that they act as nature's um, sewers, right? So <laughs> our groundwater, literally they're nature's sewers, our groundwater runs into the sinkholes, right? And so we don't, we don't experience flooding in certain areas because we have the sinkholes. They also act as habitat for bats, right. right? Right. So the issue is, though, with this, with the unstable ground, LGE's solution to putting their pipeline through this sensitive karst terrain is to just fill the sinkholes and the, mm. with concrete slurry. Right. right. The problem there becomes you've got aquifers running at the base of these sinkholes. So as you're dumping that concrete slurry in, right? you're not stopping water. The water doesn't suddenly evaporate. The water's still there. So what it's going to do, Justin, it's just going to find another path, mm. right? So now with this pipeline that Jim Beam, this pipeline we all know, you remember my condemnation hearing, this pipeline, 100% of the pipeline was for Jim Beam for two years. And, uh, you know, and uh, the additional three years after the first two, 98 to 95% of all the increased gas capacity was going to Jim Beam. So now, right, Jim Beam, it seems, no longer needs this pipeline. Oh. Mm-hmm. So now we farm families are like, well, well, wait a minute. If 
Jim Beam, you know, two years to build it, virtually five years, all the gas capacity goes to Jim Beam, but now it doesn't seem they're going to use it anymore because they're building a massive biodigester. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So looking yeah. towards a renewable source for methane, which is what they need to run their distillery. That's right. And, Biogas. And lg and is committed to getting them ancient methane that is fracked right and let's look right. up let's look up the pipeline a little bit too y'all it, like where does this methane come from it comes from the first anthropogenic earthquakes ever produced on earth it comes from polluted water in in places like ohio and oklahoma where this fracking is going on right like this is there's dirtiness and pollution and social injustice all up and down this fossil highway, right? And so uh, I, I, I got to shout out Jim Beam for maybe taking us down a different path and showing the way, right? We do not have to build our future on this old technology, right? Correct. So, Justin, there are actually three large-scale biodigesters wow. coming to our area. So it brings us back, well, now we've got biogas coming, right? And Jim Beam actually has the technology to convert the biogas to electricity and plans to produce so much, they're going to sell it back to the grid. Nice. So why, why are we going to endanger <laughs> the lives of children and the elderly and a poor rural farming community for a pipeline, which I would really like to ask Mr. Crockett and Lonnie Bellar of Algini, who's going to use this pipeline now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's this for? Path, yeah. Really, right? Who's this for now? Mm-hmm. And and why this path? This path was chosen, right, for Jim Beam. Right, right. And right? you mentioned water pollution. Where does your water come from? And you and your neighbors. So this is the interesting thing in our community. Um, a lot of our people live off well water, and the farmers are. Um, I have cattle that's part buffalo, part cow. They survive off these ponds and springs that are fed from these underground aquifers. Right. So if you dump concrete slurry in them, what happens to our wildlife and what happens to our cattle? So it's a threat to the people living there, the domesticated animals and the wildlife, right? And we we know that all pipelines leak, right? Like this is not this is not a mystery. Like this is going to happen whether the land is super unstable or not. Over time, there's going to be some leakage. It's pretty much guaranteed, right? Well, you know, and again, the the topography of this site is going to aggravate that issue because literally I walked it this morning and there are trees that are trying to correct their slippage down slope (laughs) by growing, arcing their uh, branches upward and, and back up the slope. So they're arched trunks in order to try to stabilize themselves. You know, this ground is full of sinkholes, as Kimberly said. It is just moving constantly. And in fact, LG&E has emails from Eastern Kentucky Power that says, do not build a pipeline on this slope. We have had trouble with our transmission towers moving. Really? And so, you know, they know this is unstable and they don't listen to anybody. Wow. So it's aggravating everything. So this area is already disrupted by power lines, right? Yes, and that's one of the arguments that Algini uses against us. And that is that, oh, well, there's already a line running through this area. But what they're going to do is take a 100-foot scar 
because that's really what the power line is. And if they wanted to do it today, we'd be opposed to that. Yeah. But that's an existing structure that we we had when we bought the land. And it doesn't prevent wildlife from moving through there in any way. Not so much. There are species that don't like to come out into the open. No? You know? Okay. And, you yeah. know, if you're a deep forest species, you don't like an open space above you. Hmm. Um, and it opens you up to predators I and see. all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. However, what they want to do now is take this 100-foot wide scar and put another 75 feet oh my of width on <laughs> really? that. And it's because Eastern Kentucky Power would not let them use their right-of-way really? as originally proposed. So it's now going to be a 175-foot scar. Making it even harder to cross. And again, removing trees, further destabilizing those slopes, you know, allowing erosion to occur like crazy, which will silt up the streams in the area, clog up springs, et cetera, et cetera. There's an old saying, death by a thousand cuts. Right. <laughs> and one of the reasons Bernheim is so special in this area is because we are a 16,140-acre forest that has very few impacts. It's largely intact. Yeah. We have this northern area that we've been building with big purchases of 900 acres, of, of 250 acres. Those are intact parcels. That's important for wildlife. That's important for migratory species. We have a middle section of Bernheim that public knows more of because that's where most public visit. And then we have a southern block, which is largely untouched. And that is why we have golden eagles. Right. <laughs> golden eagles don't hang out just anywhere. They don't like people. They're called the ghosts of the forest. Ah. They want to be alone. They need to be alone. And that's why Bernheim has 268 species of migratory birds, 93 species of snails. Wow. I mean, you know, this is why Bernheim is important and is becoming more so every day as land use continues to surround us. And yet, as large as Bernheim is, ecologically it's small. Mm. It really needs to be connected to the Salt River, to other protected lands, to Fort Knox, where there's a large yes. uh, landmass. That's what we're going for, for the long-term good of wildlife, long-term good of air and water, and long-term good for this community. Yeah. I would love to challenge LG&E to think innovatively, to think forward, to not be digging their heels mm. into old technologies. Mm. And uh, I think they are so used to throwing their weight around that they're continuing to do that. <laughs> I, yeah. I find them condescending and right. unresponsive. It's almost uh, like the more we resist, the more they're going to put their hackers up because that's not, that's not we, don't, we don't have to respond to the public. Uh, right. My guests today here on Sustainability Now are talking about the lg and &E Bullet County pipeline with a focus on the direct impacts on burn and the surrounding lands there. Uh, you just heard from Deborah Potts Novgorodov. She's part of this broad coalition resisting the pipeline. Learn more about them at savebernheimnow.org. Mark Warms from Bernheim is here, and Kimberly Brown, an adjacent landowner, is also with us in the studio, uh, in the virtual studio today. Uh, you can get involved. You can take action. Uh, this is the time in the show when we want to focus on what our listeners can do. There's several exciting things happening. Some just this week 
right? Tell us about the weekly protests that have been happening throughout December and how people can get involved. Yeah, starting in late November and oh, now really? through all of December, oh, cool. we have been showing up in front of LG&E right across from the Yum Center uh, and protesting um, the pipeline. We have sometimes had only a handful of people. Last week we had 22, and nice. uh, I'm hoping we'll get even more. Sierra Club is very supportive of this, and they are using their app for hike signups. Uh, you can come out and hike in front of LGD. Come, come, come out, sign up, and um, and be a part of it. It's at noon from noon to one on Friday, this Friday, and then we're going to take a break for the holidays, but we'll be back in. January. Early January uh, the 6th. January 6th, yes. January 6th. So people can participate at noon on Friday the 23rd and on Friday, January 6th uh, in front of LGE there at 220 West Main Street. What if I'm afraid of the cold? I don't, I don't want to stand out in the cold for an hour. Can I do something from my home? Absolutely. <laughs> so you've mentioned the website a few times. That's uh, savebernheimnow.org. We have a take action button on there. Awesome. And we suggest letter writing. Go to the Bernheim website and donate to their land protection fund. I got Tell us that about right. that, Mark. Yeah. What's that for? Well, as you might imagine, three and a half years of defense in legal actions, uh, sometimes in three different layers of court and wow. two different administrative actions, wow. is quite costly. Yeah. And I'm happy to say that we've had some major conservation donors step up to support us. And because of that, we haven't had to take away operational funds to support this legal defense. So thank you to those donors. But we have a land protection and stewardship fund that people can contribute to. And it, it helps us continue with this uh, legal opposition mm -hmm. to LG&E. And by the way, this isn't the first or the last um, attempt to take Bernheim land or to take large swaths of, of neighboring lands because the community continues to grow. And because of that, Road constructions, Sure, I'm happy to say that we uh, countered and, and won um, a proposed highway bypass uh, that came up in 2019, about yeah. the same time this LG&E uh, pipeline really hit the public. Yeah. Um, and that now saved uh, Kentuckians $800 million. Wow. And the reason is they wanted to propose a new bypass. You know, we've got the Watterson and the Gene Snyder, and they want to do another one around the south. And that was going to cost $1.6 billion. Right, right. Wow. Well, and so instead, they're going to put $800 million into local road improvements, which everybody needs anyway. Yeah. Um, and that saved money. But that is the power of voice. And that's why we love these guys who are putting together protests and who are putting together rallies and who are letter writing campaigns. Um, and if you want, you can write Andy Bashir, our wonderful governor. Um, it's not too late for the, the state to step back in. Kent Chandler, who's the chair of the Public Service Commission. You've already heard about John Crockett, president of LG&E, KU Energy. And as well as Vincent Sorge, who's the president and CEO of PPL. Mm. Um, you know, and those are just a few. Mm. The idea is use your voice. Mm. Call, write, email, whatever you want to do. And again, more information is at bernheim.org slash forest under threat. There's a petition there that people there can is. sign, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so this is this is your time for action, even during this holiday week. Again, it's it's time sensitive because of the January 10th court date. Um, what's going to happen at that court date? What, what's that going to look like on January 10th, Mark? Well, you know, uh, court hearings are always very, very official. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, and so we're going to be we're going to uh, be respectful. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's been said that when a court is full, hmm. judges pay a little bit more attention. Oh, this is a public hearing then. It is a public hearing. And this is the right to take our land. And so it's a very important public hearing. And we don't know whether it'll last one day or four days. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we're ready to defend our land. And I understand there are people rallying to help pack that courtroom. So the uh, Kentucky student group has yeah. uh, designed a flyer, uh, which will be up on our website, and uh, it's uh, pack the court on and gives the uh, time and location for this. Yeah, court where, hearing. where is it on January tenth? It's, it's in the Bullock County Circuit Court, okay. which is two fifty Frank East. Simon Avenue in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. In Shepherdsville, okay. Yeah. And so, at what time? 9 a.m. 9 a.m., so okay. So be there, and uh, some of us will be wearing our Save Bernheim t-shirts. Oh, and I should mention there are yard signs now, and too? And there are new yard signs, which uh, are, are the Save Bernheim, but with a bit of a twist, oh. um, trying to... Well, it, it says stop LG&E pipeline on it. So if you have an old one, put it out. If uh, you want a new one, email at savebernheimnow at gmail.com. Excellent, excellent. Again, we'll include all this information in the show notes. If this is too much for you to get, go to forwardradio.org and you can find the program there. Uh, Kimberly, will you be in the court on January 10th? Absolutely, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, and I would like to say one more thing. Yes. So this pipeline originally... Jim Beam was asked to pay $25 million, right? And they said no. And now every rate payer paying an, an LG&E utility bill, right, is paying for this thing and not the $25 million originally asked. Now, I think, due to all the sinkholes and, and the, the, the cost of running this thing through ungodly hazardous terrain, the, the price tag now is $80 million. Some people say upwards of a hundred million dollars wow and this pipeline path if they stick with this is going to have maintenance forever mm. i can tell you I, I can't even begin to tell you how many sinkholes have cropped up just since lg &E was out right so this is going to be a constant maintenance nightmare and, and the other thing to keep in mind is all of us out in bullet county we are not LG&E customers. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we're, everybody out there has Salt River, yeah. which is East Kentucky Power. So you've got this for-profit monopoly coming out there condemning fifth-generation farms, running this thing through sinkholes, landslides, and floodplains, even though LG&E's own newsletter lists flooding as the greatest threat to pipelines, and they're running it through floodplains on a path where the people don't have fire hydrants. Wow. There's no way to put out flames. Wow. So this is super important that people in Jefferson County get involved because they're paying for this thing and they're going to get no benefit from it. Well, and you shared documentation with me from the surveyors that LG&E hired saying in 2019 that the pipeline route has, quote, moderate to high potential for sinkhole development. So yes. it's clear that they're not doing this like, oh, we, just, we didn't know. They know oh. and they don't care. 
Justin, they did intricate maps of these sinkholes. And when we were in the Division of Water hearing, we were pro se litigants, the landowners. We acted as our own attorneys. And I asked Timothy Meeks, the representative of Cardinal and lg why did you map so intricately these sinkholes? <laughs> and they said, well, because I was walking around them, me and my men were walking around. We did it for our safety Ooh. because we were walking around these sinkholes. <laughs> so I thought, okay, so you know, if you have an engineering degree or you work for lg &E, your safety is very important. Very Justin, important to us. Yeah. Especially when you're walking around active sinkholes. But if you're a little girl mm. who lives in Bullock County in a poor rural farming community, they can run an explosive pipeline through sinkholes 30 feet from your bedroom window, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Now, you tell me what that says about social injustice in yeah. this project. And that's a big problem. And Deborah said it so eloquently. She said, you know, if this thing blows up and kills the elderly or children or causes massive forest fires through Bernheim, there is no amount of money that lg &E or PPL can spend in advertising to cover this. Right. And it's not like the idea of a gas pipeline explosion in Kentucky is just some theory, some scary idea. It happened in Danville just a few years ago, right? Let me talk about that. I'll never know if this is true, but a lot of the locals, a lot of the farmers think that the reason Jim Beam has walked away from this pipeline after hearing about the sinkholes and the landslides and the terrible terrain is because one of their own employees was burned alive okay. a couple years ago okay. in the Lincoln County explosion, right? Yeah. And it was that same Lincoln County explosion that Andy Bashir said that he would give greater scrutiny to this pipeline. Huh. And I really wish that he would. What has been the response from the governor's office? Have you all received any response lately? Well, it's it's been, let's say, mixed. Andy Bashir is uh, proud of the economic development that's being brought to Kentucky the jobs, the big developments, big corporations. You know, that's a heck of a job. However, he also had one of his senior people reach out to us and say, you know, Mark, surely there's a way that something can be worked out here because, you know, there's jobs on the line. Yeah. So the response has been mixed and moderate. The state is both a litigant and a defendant in portions of this whole issue. And so it's just been a mix of messages and actions. Um, Kimberly, you might want to speak to that. I think now that Jim Beam appears to be walking away from this, I feel like it's a game changer. Right. right? You're right. And obviously, if you're an elected official, you don't really want to go up against Jim Beam, do you? Because that's where your right. political donations come from, right? But now Jim Beam, and it looks like the bourbon industry of a whole, is literally moving past Algini, right? Let's face it, these bourbon companies, the bourbon industry, right? They understand that their customers care how these products are made, Justin. Because Jim right? Beam doesn't have a monopoly, unlike Algini. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly right. So, so they care about yeah. what their customers yeah. care about. And their customers care about climate change, some yeah. of them, right? Yeah. And their customers really care about buying products that are not destroying the environment, yeah. right? So now that Jim Beam has walked away, I think it changes the landscape for politicians and makes it much easier for them to come out and say, you know what? Endangered species matter. Yep. Conservation what? land, it matters, right? Safety of the elderly and children, it matters. Mm. Let me uh, ask you, if you will, to talk 
just a minute more about thinking that the choice is between pipeline and development versus no pipeline, no energy, no development. We're all going to have to live with the bats in the caves with no electricity, right? That that is just a false, that's a false dichotomy. And, And part of why it's false is that there are a number of farmers that have been approached, and Kimberly, you need to talk about this, not me, but approached uh, to be asked to to have solar panels out on their out on their farms but they can't do that if there's a pipeline running through yes so lots of us with huge um tracts of land 300 400 500 acres have been approached by um solar developers the the issue with that is that you know the solar developers are very very different from lg e their, <laughs> their survey work takes years and they actually care about what's actually out there right so and they won't they don't cut trees justin right, right, they, right. They, don't, they don't they don't demolish 41 acres of forest mm. right they they only you know they'll put the solar panels out in fields where the fields are cleared so um, yeah, so so really, LG&E is is keeping solar development from happening in our area. Well, I'm really sad that we've run out of time because I, with every time I sit down to talk about this, I feel like I need days and days. There's there's so many important issues here, right? So tune in again next week. We will talk about the broader issues around the pipeline and climate change with Reverend Elisa Owen, director of Kipple, Wallace McMullen, and your daughter is going to be yes. joining us too, right? I'm excited to hear from Danica great yeah and uh so thank you all for taking the time this was wonderful i'm sure our listeners feel both informed and empowered right this is this is a week for action for (laughs) sustainability right even though you're distracted by the holidays there's a vital fight going on here right everyone out there take some action you'll feel better for it you'll be ready for a holiday cheer because you know you've done something important that's right thank you so much for your time today justin and thank you for caring about these issues thank you for having us thanks kimberly thank you so much justin thank you all right stay tuned everybody coming up in just a second your community action calendar it's not just bernheim going on this we've got a bunch of stuff that you can take action on even as we approach the holidays so stay tuned everybody now was a child i walked these hills Drank from the streams and heard the whippoorwills And I ran through the fields just as fast as I could Through rocks in the creek, up the deep green woods Climbed up on the mountain, there as fresh as could be Let my Kentucky soul fly free, fly free and we are back here on a very special holiday week sustainability now with me, Justin Mogg, here on Forward Radio. Well, I hope you've got your pencils sharpened and your calendars out and you're checking your list twice for how you can get engaged in sustainability on this holiday week. Yes, stuff's still going on in your community. We're planting trees on Tuesday the 20th with Trees Louisville. They're looking for volunteers to help out with their December tree plantings. On Tuesday the 20th, they will be planting trees at different residential homes in West and Southwest Louisville from 10 a.m. 
to noon. If you're interested in helping out with that, email morgan at treeslouisville.org. Also on Wednesday the 21st, they're going to be returning to Bardstown Road from 1 to 3 p.m. They need help planting five large trees that are in bald and burlap in the new tree wells that we're so excited to see going in along Bardstown Road. You won't want to miss that. Come on out and help us out on uh, on coming up on Wednesday, the 21st. Uh, it's going to be a great day of tree planting. So email morgan at treeslouisville.org if you can help out with either of those. Going back to Tuesday the 20th, uh, it's 6.30 in the evening. It's the in-person annual Greater Louisville Sierra Club, a proud community partner of Ford Radio. They're having their winter solstice celebration out at Locust Grove 561 Blankenbaker Lane from 6.30 to 9 p.m. on Tuesday the 20th. Ford Radio's proud community partner, the Greater Louisville Sierra Club, has a long-standing tradition of hosting this winter solstice celebration on the third Tuesday of December. They'll continue it this year with in-person gathering at Historic Locust Grove. It's a casual potluck event where uh, the Sierra Club will provide drinks and entrees, both meat and vegetarian. They ask that you provide a side dish and bring your own plates and utensils to help us reduce waste. Woohoo! Come prepared to eat. However, there will be plates and cups available for anyone who needs them. Join us as we close the year with friends, renewing our commitment to explore, enjoy, and protect the planet. We'll share and reflect on our successes and challenges this year, enjoy live music, and hear from special guests, including local elected representatives. Sierra Club programs are always free and open to the public. You can learn more and register to come on out the Winter Solstice Celebration Potluck Tuesday the 20th, 6.30 to 9 p.m. at Locust Grove. You'll find more at sierraclub.org slash Kentucky. Also coming up, as you heard last week, uh, the next Louisville Sustainability Council Green Drinks event is coming up this Wednesday the 21st. At 6 p.m. at West Six Brewery in New Lou. The Louisville Sustainability Council's Green Drinks is a casual bi-monthly meetup of community members and organizations featuring different speakers from across the city to educate and inform the community on local happenings, projects, and initiatives. Each presentation is followed by Q&A, discussion, and networking. Green Drinks takes place on the third Wednesday of every other month at 6 p.m. at rotating venues around town. And you can learn more about this coming Wednesday, December 21st, Green Drinks at 6 p.m. by going to Louisville Sustainability Council.org. Also on Wednesday, the 21st at 6.30 p.m., maybe you could catch a little green drinks and then head on over to Broadway at First Street for Hip Hop Cares. They're holding their first annual Houseless Memorial Candlelight Vigil. December 21st is National Houseless Memorial Day. To honor this day and pay respect to our brothers and sisters who are no longer with us, we'll be hosting our first annual candlelight vigil. If you would like your friend or family member who has ex- who was experiencing homelessness remembered, please join our memorial group and post their information. This memorial is by the people for the people, just like Forward Radio. More information about it is at facebook.com slash hip hop cares. 502 and again it's wednesday the 21st at 6 30 p.m at broadway and first 
Now, as we just heard during the interview, coming up this Friday, the 23rd of December at noon, it is the last of the December protests in front of LG&E at 220 West Main Street. LG&E is taking Bernheim Arboretum and Research Forest to court to condemn their property in order to construct a high-pressure natural gas transmission pipeline through sensitive habitat. The court date is coming up on January 10th, and Bernheim is using its scarce resources to fight this aggression. Well, it's time for those of us who love Bernheim and oppose new destructive fossil fuel initiatives to fight this battle ourselves. Here are some reasons why LGE should be denied the condemnation by eminent domain. First of all, it violates Bernheim's conservation easement. If LGE wins this in court, it will set a terrible precedent for all natural lands with conservation easements. Uh, also, there will be serious environmental damage from the construction and maintenance of this pipeline. Its route disrupts significant and fragile habitat and interrupts a wildlife corridor connecting several natural areas, not just Bernheim. This area is demonstrably unstable, and running a pipeline through it risks landslides and flooding. There's also a high likelihood of a pipeline rupture, causing an explosion and forest fire, or at least leaking pipes and pollutants entering streams and underground waterways. The land also includes bat habitat, and Bernheim recently documented 13 bat species using, utilizing a wide swath of Bernheim for roosting and foraging. Land's also home to a couple of rare and endangered snails, creatures that have lived in this area for millions of years. Spending vast sums of money to increase carbon emissions is blatantly financially motivated with no regard for the consequences, and it is questionable as to whether this pipeline is needed at all. One of the major users of energy in the area that this pipeline is intended to serve is the Jim Beam Distillery, and Jim Beam recently announced that it will meet a majority of its energy needs through renewable biogas production thus obviating the need for this pipeline. So, rise up and protest this silliness. What you can do, you can sign the new petition that's available at bernheim.org slash forest under threat. You can also make a special donation to Bernheim's Land Protection Fund at bernheim.org to help pay for all the legal fees, and you can join their Friday protests. Bring your signs, dress in costume, or just come this Friday, December 23rd at noon in front of LG&E at 220 West Main Street. Maybe you want to come as the Grinch who stole Christmas, huh? Come on out this Friday at noon and protest in front of LG&E. Now, also this Sunday, it's the last Sunday of the month, and that means a car-free Sunday at Cherokee Park on December 25th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Louisville Parks and Rec and Olmstead Parks Conservancy have teamed up to liberate one of Louisville's largest and most popular parks from the tyranny of dangerous, loud, polluting, wildlife-killing cars. Throughout, uh, throughout the year, they have been closing the scenic loop in Cherokee Park to vehicles on the last Sunday of the month. You can now walk, bike, jog, skate, or play in peace on the scenic loop on last Sundays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And the closures run through December. More information is at olmsteadparks.org. Finally, I want to let, remind you about Gardens of Glimmer. It's a benefit for Waterfront Botanical Gardens, and it runs now through December 30th at the Waterfront Botanical Gardens, 1435 Frankfurt Avenue. You can enjoy a sparkling winter wonderland of swans, snowflakes, deer, Moravian stars, oversized flowers, light bursts, candles, 
and a multicolored tunnel of lights. Wander the gardens under icicle arches and over a waterfall stream aglow. Visit Santa and his sleigh in the Grazer Family Education Center and Mrs. Claus's Cottage in the Ellen Leslie Botanical Garden Classrooms. Holiday beverages will be available for purchase in the Jingle All the Way Cafe. No outside food or drink is allowed, and no pets, smoking, or vaping are allowed inside the gardens. You can learn more and purchase your tickets to Gardens A Glimmer at waterfrontgardens.org. And just one last thing to remind you about. The Louisville Sustainability Council is offering their community sustainability grants and they're doing it again in 2023 with an application deadline of March 1st. So maybe you got a little downtime during this holiday season. Think about putting an application together. As we mentioned uh, earlier on this program, the Louisville Sustainability Fund offers grants to support innovative entrepreneurial projects and programs to plan for the impact of climate change on our most vulnerable citizens while supporting community equity and resilience. Applicants may request a minimum of $250 and up to $5,000 in funding. Anyone in the Louisville metro area may apply, including individuals, institutions, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. Students and entrepreneurs are encouraged to apply as well. Each submitted program or project must directly align with climate change equity and or community resilience. The proposed activities must largely take place in the greater Louisville metro area. Projects can be new or existing, but preference is given to projects that are innovative, impactful, and sustainable. The Louisville Sustainability Council is particularly interested in supporting local projects or programs that have shown early signs of success. You can learn more and apply at louisvillesustainabilitycouncil.org. I also want to remind you that registration is now open for the Spring 2023 Neighborhood Institute. It's going to run from January 26th through April 13th. Do you want to learn about how to improve your neighborhood? The Lucille Leggett Neighborhood Institute, hosted by the Center for Neighborhoods, is a 12-week, no-cost leadership education program designed to equip neighborhood leaders with skills and resources needed to initiate positive change in their communities. It runs January 26th through April 13th for 11 consecutive Thursdays from 6 to 8.30 p.m. at the Center for Neighborhoods at 1126 Barry Boulevard, and dinner is provided each week. For more information, you can call 502 589 0343 or just simply go to centerforneighborhoods.org to get all the information and to apply to participate in the Spring 2023 Neighborhood Institute. It's going to be awesome and I hope you all have a warm and wonderful holiday week. I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time here on Forward Radio. Don't forget to put a little something under the tree for us. Go to forwardradio.org. Click donate during this season of giving. We really appreciate all the support you provided throughout the year and the support you're going to give us this week to help sustain us into 2023. Thanks, everybody. I'll be back in your ears again next week.